Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Woo! Let's give it up for Connect Groups. Woo! That was awesome. That was awesome. My gosh. What's up, Transformation? Come on, let me hear you. What's up, Transformation Church? My God, what an awesome time of worship this morning. Did you enjoy the worship? Is he still your first love? That song, my God, God is so good. It is always so wonderful when we can come together in one place to lift up the name of Jesus. That's a joy and a privilege. Sometimes we take it for granted, but there are so many people across the world who don't have that privilege. They can't worship freely like we can. And we can't take it for granted today. Amen? We can't take it for granted. I'm just so grateful to be here. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for Jesus. And I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for the cross today. I'm thankful that he calls us redeemed. I am redeemed. You are redeemed. And we are set free. And that all his promises are yes and amen. Thank God that we're his children. My God, what will we do without him? Thank God that we are his children. God is so good. You agree with me? God is so good. You know, sometimes in the old church, they say God is good. And we say all the time. Let me hear. God is good. And all the time. Woo, you guys, you know it real well. My gosh, that's awesome. If you're here in this place and you want to know the God we talk about, you came to the right place today. We'll be happy to share God with you today. Amen. I'm so excited to be a part of what God is doing in this time and in this season. And many of you, you would agree with me that he's still doing miracles all over this earth. He's still doing wonders all over this earth. The spirit of God is still on the move. He hasn't stopped moving. And that's an encouragement today. Praise God. If you don't know me, my name is Melissa and I'm a part of this wonderful team here at Transformation Church. Woo! Shout out to the team. Woo! Woo! Amen. This morning, I want to give honor to our pastors, our lead pastors, Pastor Jamie and Pastor Sandra. I honor you. I'm so grateful for them. I'm so blessed by them. Our little girl, she adores them. She talks about them all the time. Always Pastor Jamie and Pastor Sandra, she loves you guys so much. And I'm grateful for you. We honor you and we honor your sacrifice and we thank God for you. Come on, let's give them a hand. Praise God, we honor our leaders in this place. What a blessing, what a blessing. I know it's the time of year when things are going to start picking up a bit. We're getting ready to send our kids back to school. Some of you, you're happy that they're going back. Because they got on your last nerve during the summertime. Any weaknesses? Come on. <laughs> I see one. Some of you, you're just getting ready to get that last vacation in before they go back in the fall time. And things start to get back to normal. But it's this routine that sometimes pushes us closer to feeling like a failure and feeling like we're stuck in a rut. It's the daily drudgery of life that makes us feel like we're, we're quitters sometimes. But today I just came to remind you, if you walked into this building today, that we serve a God who said he has started a good work in you and he will bring it to completion. 
He will do it. And so you didn't come here into this place in Transformation Church by accident. And you didn't come by coincidence this morning. God brought you because he wants to remind you of something. That he is doing a new thing in your life. Praise God. God is doing a new thing. And we have to get excited about it today. Lord, we thank you. If you would turn in your Bibles with me. If you have an iPhone, Android, whatever you have. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 41. 1 Kings 18, 41. And it reads. Then Elijah said to Ahab. Now go eat and drink because a heavy rain is coming. So King Ahab went to eat and drink. At the same time, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel where he bent down to the ground with his head between his knees. Then Elijah said to his servant, go look toward the sea. The servant went and looked. I see nothing, he said. Elijah told him, go and look again. This happened seven times. And the seventh time the servant said, I see a cloud the size of a human fist coming from the sea. Elijah told the servant, go to Ahab and tell him to get his chariot ready. Go home now, otherwise the rain will stop you. After a short time, the sky was covered with clouds. The wind began to blow and soon a heavy rain began to fall. Ahab got into his chariot and started to Jezreel. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you so, so much for your rich presence in this place, Lord. God, we thank you that your presence is undeniable here. Lord, we thank you that you said where two or three are gathered in your name. There you are in the midst and you're here with us today. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to help us. We do not take that for granted. We're so grateful. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you will breathe a fresh breath into this room. Renew our strength. Restore us today. We yield to you. God, you know every person who came into this room this morning. You know what they're carrying. You see every part of them, God. Let them know that you are a God of hope. And there is no situation outside of your reach. Lord, we thank you for your word. Let it not be my words, but I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing in your sight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. My title for today is Look Again. If you would turn to your neighbor and say, Look Again. Come on, turn to your neighbor another neighbor and say, Look Again. Praise God. You know, the other day I asked my husband if he would go find something for Winnie, our two and a half year old. And so I gave him instructions. I told him if he would go into the kitchen, exactly where to look. If he would open the pantry, if he would go... Three shells from the bottom. Look to the right. He would see that item. And so he went into the kitchen and he looked and then he came back and he said he couldn't find it. Some of you women, you're laughing because you know where I'm going with this. We need a support group, amen? <laughs> and then he went a second time and he still couldn't find it. 
So at that point, I'm beginning to think I gave him the wrong instruction. So I decided to go myself. And I went to the kitchen, opened the pantry, and I looked three shells from the bottom to the right. And there it was. What I'm trying to say here is that sometimes we miss out on the provision of God because we don't look again. Sometimes we miss out on the blessing of God because we don't look again. We don't take that extra step to look again. Today, I'm here to remind someone that it doesn't matter how many times you've tried. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. The reality is that God is a God of second chances. He's a God of third chances. He's a God of fourth chances. He's a God of fifth chances. He's a God of another chance. We serve a God of another chance. And that's a hope that we can hold on to today. Regardless of how you feel God specializes. That's his specialty. He specializes in what we consider a lost cause. That's our God. And despite the experiences we may have on the, from the past, our history, despite what we think we may have missed out on, God is still on the throne. There's something about saying that God is still on the throne, that you can hold on to that. He still sits on the throne. And so... That dream you may have given up on or that career you thought you may have by now or the promotion you thought you may have by now or the salvation of a family member. So many of us have prayed and prayed and prayed to no avail. We lose hope. But God is a God of hope. Hold on to that hope today because God sits on the throne and he is the God who is able. He's alive and well. He hasn't got anywhere. He's alive and he's able to do it. If we look at the story in 1 Kings 18, we see a man by the name of Elijah. Elijah was a prophet of God and he had a nemesis called King Ahab. King Ahab was the king of Israel at that time, but he was cray-cray. He was wicked. He did whatever he wanted to. And in Israel, during those days, it, did, it didn't rain for three years. Can you imagine what's going on there? Three years of drought. That's a long time. That's a long time. And so Ahab thought his idols could bring back the rain. So he and his prophets, they chanted, they did all kinds of stuff to try to bring the rain back. But Elijah just, he basically laughed at them because he knew that their God couldn't do anything. So they, they tried and they tried and Elijah got fed up and he prayed and God sent fire to consume their idols. So Ahab was confounded and after all of this went down, Elijah got tired with Ahab. He said, go home. Ahab, go home. We're done with you. God said it's going to rain. So Elijah prayed and he sent his servant to look. His servant looked six times, the scripture says. Elijah would tell the servant whenever he would come back and say, I see nothing. He would say, go and look again. Go and look again. Go and look and then. But the seventh time something happened. The seventh time there was a breakthrough. You see, the first thing we see here is that God gives provision his promise. God gives his promise. God told Elijah that the rain is coming. 
The rain is coming. That's the promise. Some of us, we've received so many promises from God, but we've forgotten the promise. You see, Elijah knew God so profoundly and he knew that God is not a man, that he would lie. So whatever God said he's going to do, he's going to do it. He's not like us. He's not a man. He keeps his word. How many of us have received promises today for our family, promises about our future? And we may have lost hope. You see, it's incumbent upon us to believe that God who gave the promise, it's he who will fulfill the promise. The scripture says that his promises are yes and amen. That's simply a double stamp of approval. Yes and yes. Yes and amen. Amen meaning so be it. What promise are we holding on to today? What promise did God tell you for your family? Or maybe today you came into this place and you feel like you don't even have a promise. You don't know what his promises are like, but this is what he said. He said, I will make the crooked path straight in your life. I will make a way in the desert and rivers in dry land. That's a promise. He said, if we wait upon him, he will renew our strength. We will run and we will not be weary. We will walk and we won't faint. That's a promise. And if we're feeling like we've lost joy today, he said he gives beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning. That's a promise. That's a rich promise. And today you may feel tired and you may feel weary. And he said in his word that I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a promise from God that we can hold on to. And today you may have walked into this building and you may feel like you are so far from God. But in Romans 8.38, he said, For I am convinced, my God, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor ruling spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nor anything else in the whole wide world can separate us from the love of God. My, what a promise this is. What a promise. You see, we have to learn to recall the promises of God. God has placed his promises in his word. Recall the promises. Stand on his promise. Keep declaring his promise. Because he is faithful. He is a faithful God. Today, you may have forgotten the promise God made to you. But I'm just here to simply remind you. You're not the one to do it. He's the one to do it. And you can count on his word. He is the faithful God. He is the faithful ruler. You can depend on him to do, to do what he said he's going to do. That's the kind of God that we serve. The second thing we see here is active faith. If we read in verse 42, it says, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, where he bent down to the ground with his head between his knees. Then Elijah said to his servant, go and look toward the sea. The servant went and looked. I see nothing, he said. Elijah told him, go, look again. This happened seven times, the scripture said. My God. You see, Elijah knew the character of God. 
to know the character of someone. You know if they're going to shift under pressure, how they're going to bend under pressure. And so Elijah knew who God was. He was familiar with the very unchanging nature of God. This wasn't his first rodeo. He had history with God. You see, sometimes we have to remember that if God did it before, he will do it again. We have to recall what God did before and know that God will do it again in our lives. That's our God. The scripture says that he is the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. That's our God. He is immovable. He is unshakable. Sometimes we have to say like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... The God I serve is able. Woo! Can you think about that today? The God I serve. They were in a fiery furnace. Let's talk about the heat outside and we're complaining. <laughs> they were in a fiery furnace and they were able to say, the God I serve is able to deliver me. Sometimes we have to declare that in our lives. Elijah had confidence that God would do it again. But the reality is we don't feel like we have faith sometimes to believe. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. But sometimes we feel like our faith is so, so small. We only have faith to take one step at a time. Or we only have faith for one day at a time. But how many of you know that that's enough? That's enough because the scripture says, if your faith were the size of a mustard seed, if you can think of a mustard seed faith, you could say to this tree, dig up yourself and plant yourself into the sea and it will obey you. Mustard seed faith. You see, all God requires is small faith. He requires small faith. We don't need to have a big faith. Small steps of faith can produce big results. When we yield it to the hands of Jesus, it produces big results. The important ingredient is faith. And that faith fuels our persistence. The third thing we see is persistence. Elijah was so persistent. My God, he sent his servant six times, seven times. The word persistence in Greek is epimeno, which simply means to stay on, to tarry in place, to persevere, to continue. You see, Elijah knew what it was like to persevere. He knew what it was like to tarry on. One of the things I don't enjoy, and I'm sure many of you don't either, is when we call the phone companies, I won't call any names, Verizon or, you know, when we call the companies and they put us on hold, only to find out we're 52 minutes away from hearing from an agent. My God. And you begin to think of all the 12 things you can do within that time, you know? Like I can be doing a lot of things during that time. But the thing is that because we know we're going to get relief at the end, we're willing to persist. We wait, we persist, and we stay on because we know some relief is coming. Elijah knew what it was like to persist and to continue and to go and to tell his servant to go and look because he received a promise from God and he had that faith. 
Here we see persistence in obedience as well. Because Elijah told his servant to go now, go now, go now. And every time the servant would go, the first time, the second time, he would go and look again and look again. But some of us, we would have quit the first time. Let's be real. We would have given up the second time because we didn't see a sign. I'm just here to tell someone today to don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Something is happening behind the scenes. You may have walked into this building today looking for a sign. And it may look like nothing is happening. But God is saying to go look again. Look again. Look again. You may feel like you've used up your last hope. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect. My strength is made perfect. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Look again. And you may be looking for a job today and there's nothing on the horizon. We know what that feels like. But like Elijah told his servant to go and look again. You see, it took the seventh time. You may be on the verge of your seventh time today. You may be on the verge of your eighth time today for your sign of hope. The seventh time, that was the sign of hope. That's the kind of God we serve. The fourth thing we see is that God gave provision and the cloud represented the provision of God. In verse 44 it says, I see a small cloud the size of a human fist coming from the sea. And Elijah told his servant immediately. That's all he needed to hear. He didn't need anything else. He just needed a small sign. And immediately he told him to go and tell Ahab to get your chariot ready because that rain is coming. That rain is coming. You see, it took the seventh time, the seventh time for him to see that small cloud. Imagine the size of a, the human hand. Imagine the average human hand is about 7.6 inches in length and about 3.5 inches wide. Just picture that for a moment. How are you going to see that in the vastness of the sky? Researchers, they've calculated that the average size of a rain cloud is one cubic kilometer. Let's picture that for a moment. If you pull that up, if you have it back there. Look at that. Look at that. Look at the buildings. That's the average size. That's a normal rain cloud size, right? For Elijah to just see the size of a hand as hope. It had to be miraculous. It had to be the hand of God. You see, some of us would have seen a cloud so small and say, uh-uh. I saw that cloud on Friday. There was no rain. I don't know what you're talking about. That is not a rain cloud. We would have dismissed it already. But perhaps we need to see the juxtaposition of what we see as small to what God can use to bless in an immense way. Small to big blessings. We serve a God who specializes in using what we consider insignificant, what we consider so little. The scripture says that he uses the foolish things of the world. The foolish things to confound the wise. Time and time again, we see that in the scripture. God uses what is foolish to confound the wise. 
Let's not forget that he's the same God who used a small slingshot from a shepherd to defeat a giant. How can a slingshot defeat a giant? But only by the hands of God. Only in the supernatural. Because he is God of impossible. He is the God of impossible. He is the same God who used the jawbone of a donkey to help Samson to defeat a thousand men. How could that be but by the hands of God? The hands of God. He is the same God who turned water into wine. That's our God. Many of us know all the stories of the Bible. That's his theme. He uses what we think as insignificant. He uses what we think is small to do the miraculous. That is our God. He is the same God who used five loaves and two fish from a little boy. The story said that a crowd had gathered around him and Jesus asked his disciples about food. And one of his disciples said, well, there's this little boy with five loaves and two fish. And that was enough for him. And so he instructed some men to distribute the five loaves and two fish. And if we read the story, it says that that was more than enough. It overflowed enough to fill 12 baskets left over. You see, God uses our little, not only for us, but to overflow, to be a witness to the lives of others, to bless the lives of others around us. Our little can do that much. Don't ignore the little things. Don't ignore the little things. If you remember anything today, don't ignore the little things. God can use it. God could use it. What if the first time the servant went up towards the sea, the water vapor was evaporating from the oceans and from the lakes. And so the servant, he couldn't see anything. What about the second time when he went up? Why couldn't he see anything? Perhaps water vapor was cooling, it was condensing to form the cloud, but he couldn't see it. He didn't know, but something was happening behind the scenes. And the third time, it formed tiny droplets. The fourth time and the fifth time, perhaps the droplets were only the size of a penny. He couldn't see it. But the scripture says that seventh time, that seventh time that he persisted, that seventh time that he had faith enough to make that other step and go, that was the time of miracle. That was the time of miracle. Today, if you're praying for a breakthrough, don't give up. Your miracle is forming behind the scenes. Don't give up. Something is happening. Look again. It may not be what you think it is right now, but God is in the molding business. God is in the shaping business. And behind the scenes, something is happening. You just can't see it. Today, you may feel like you have nothing to offer. Or what you have is just not enough. It's too small. All the reasons and excuses that we give. But we have to see through the eyes of faith. See through the eyes of faith. Because God can use little and turn it into abundance. You see, when we look again, when we keep asking, when we keep seeking, there's something that happens in the spirit realm. 
God is working. God sees our act of faith and he is doing something behind the scenes. He's working behind the scenes. Sometimes we don't even know where our next provision is coming from. And I have been there, done that, cried myself to sleep because I don't know, God, where is my next provision coming from? Or sometimes I don't even have enough to muster up a prayer. Been there, done that. And so you cry yourself to sleep because you don't know what's happening. God, have you forgotten me? Everyone else is moving on. What about me? Like, what's going on? And we've lived with that uncertainty in our lives. But the scripture says that weeping may endure only for a night. Weeping only stays for a night. It's only for a season. He said, but joy comes. And so sometimes we have to hold on to that word that joy is coming. But joy comes. But joy comes. But joy. I love when God puts but in there. <laughs> but joy. Some of you can say, but God. Had it not been for God on my side, where would I be today? The scripture says, Joy comes in the morning. And he says that eyes have not seen, nor ears heard what God has prepared for you and for me. So look again. Look again. He said, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Look again. He said in his word that if he takes care of the birds of the air, they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather, but your heavenly Father feeds them. He takes care of the birds. He said that he even knows the hairs on your head. Every hair is numbered. And if you don't have hair, the follicles are numbered too, and he knows it too. That's our God. That's our God, my husband said, amen. But we serve that kind of God who has not forgotten us. The scripture said he doesn't forget your labor. And if we can extrapolate Christ within the boundaries that man has set, we see a God time and time and time again who uses what we think is insignificant. He uses what we have put to the side. He uses what we think is small. The scripture says that if we believe, we would see his glory. And that is a major promise. If we would only believe, we would see his glory. Some of you might be here today and this word might not be for you. It might be for somebody else that you may meet this week to encourage that person to look again. Who knows what's happening behind the scenes? Perhaps the droplets are coming together to form a cloud. Look again. Consider Abraham, my, my. The scripture says that Abraham hoped. He hoped against hope. What kind of hope is that? That the Bible describes as hoping against hope. Abraham got the promise that he would be the father of many nations. The father of many nations. Yet what we read is that Abraham was past the age of procreation. He was past it. Yet God fulfilled his promise to Abraham. He gave him a child and he became the father of many nations. 
Today, if you're believing God for a promise in your life or in your family or in your workplace or about your future, keep God's promises before you. Have faith to persist. Have faith to pursue the cloud. Have faith because He said it. He's going to do it in your life. Because He said it, He's going to fulfill it. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8, the Lord says, The Lord Himself will go before you and He will be with you. You see, sometimes we have to recall these scriptures in the middle of the night when we don't understand what's going on. The scripture says, The Lord Himself will go before you and He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God is there with you. You may be here today and you want to enter into that reality of understanding that we serve a God who is able to do it whether we think it or not. We serve a God of victory. We serve a God who keeps His word. Maybe you've been so hurt that you don't know how to trust God. I want to pray for you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for all of the promises in your word that are yes and amen. Thank you that we can depend on your word time and time again. Lord, we thank you. We thank you so, so much, oh God, for you are the God. You stand by what you say. You never fail. You never change. And so I ask that you will be real in the lives of each and every person who walked into this place. That you will cause them to feel your presence and your anointing and that you would go with them this week, oh God. Let them carry your presence with them. Let them carry your glory that others will see you. Let them see you. If you're here today and you want to make a fresh start with God, if you would just simply lift your hands, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, wherever you are, and you would like a relationship with Him, if you would lift your hands all over this place because God sees you and He cares for you, or if you've left the faith and you would like to come back into the faith and trust God like you did before, God cares for you and He sees you. Father, you see every hand in this place. My God, there's nothing that is too hard for you. You see their heart. You see what they're going through. God, I ask that you would touch each and every person. That you would move in a way that they only know that you can do it, God. The God who uses the insignificant. How many times have they felt insignificant? How many times have they felt not seen? But you can touch their life and make them brand new today. Make them a new creation in you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're able to do it. Go before us today. Be with us, as you said, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody in this place says, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Praise God. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. 
If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.